Wait for it. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Active Geek Podcast with your host Jim and Chuck. And it's been a while. We've said this for like the past like nine episodes. I'm pretty yeah. sure we said it's been a while since we've been in the studio. But truly, things come like in life take events and we move. We can't record. We get it. It's cool. Uh, but since we've recorded Chuck, our last episode was Preacher. Yes. Uh, but since we've actually recorded, it was our Luke Cage episode. The last time you and I had been uh, in studio together. A lot of things have happened. A lot. Uh, Jurassic World came out. Incredibles 2 came out. Luke Cage came out. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that we've reviewed or previewed has come out. And I've seen all of it. I've seen Jurassic uh, World, Fallen Kingdom. I've seen the Preacher preview uh, premiere. Luke Cage, all 13 episodes, although it could have been 10 in my opinion. And then I saw Incredibles 2. A lot of stuff, man. And uh, we're going to talk about one of those movies at the end of our ant-man and wasp preview we're going to do a little little review we're going to move into review territory not not like hour-long galaxy war styles review but like 10 minutes yeah quick little blurbs that you can fe- feature on collider or <laughs> vulture i don't know is that still a magazine vulture is that a company i don't know is that ever a magazine i, I don't know all right well if it isn't it's going to be so we're going to talk about that i also saw another movie that uh we didn't we didn't preview but uh, it was one that i really wanted to see i saw sicario day of the soledad which translates loosely to Thanos goes to Mexico. How was it? Loved it. I, I wasn't a big fan of the first one. Oh, God. See, I like the first one better than this one. It's, these, these are those movies that they're so quiet and there's not a lot of dialogue that you're always on the edge of your seat. I watched the first one and it was okay, but like I remember you seen it and you were talking. Yeah, because that like, shit's real. And like me and my wife watched it and normally she's like, eh. And even I was like, it was okay. Like, it wasn't anything to write home about. Well, it's not supposed to be anything to write home about. It's just to show you what's really going on in Mexico right now. And that's true. Like, all that shit's happening. They transport people. They transport drugs, and they're killing people on the streets. Like, that's what it is. I don't know, man. Benicio is a beast. And Josh Brolin, this is the... if this. So I did the math. If this movie makes $300 million, which it might, because Benicio and Josh Brolin, it's a sequel. It's a lot of fun. If this makes $300 million, the movies that Josh Brolin has been in this year have made $3 billion. That's crazy. $3 billion. $2 billion worth of Avengers Infinity War. Deadpool's at $700 million. And um, Sicario making three, $300 million would and put that's you just, over. I'm sure he's got other movies coming out. I don't know, man. How, how many movies can you, can you film in 2000, for 2018? You know, Avengers Infinity War. Samuel L. Jackson does it. Well, Samuel like fifty a year. Yeah, but Samuel Jackson's not starring as Cable, starring as Thanos, and then starring as uh, Sicario Jr., American Sicario, Matt Grady. I think that's his name. I think it was Matt. But this has become the the summer of Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. The summer of Thanos. I don't know. I I feel like he's pro- he's shooting now. Obviously, he's probably doing uh, Avengers: Infinity War Part Four. Which is, uh, I believe, it was leaked that it was entitled Endgame. But then the Russo's came out and like, oh, it's not entitled Endgame. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to talk Avengers Infinity War in this episode because I don't know where it factors in into Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp. Which is uh, on the, the main course for today's episode. We're going to do a little little preview, a little review, a little a lot of things. We're going to talk about a lot of things today, Chuck, because it's been a while. Did you, you obviously have seen the first Ant-Man. 
Yes. We didn't do an episode on Ant-Man because uh, we 2015, were, we were, in, we were uh, still in the, the foreplay of po- position of podcasting. We weren't full. I don't even know. We talked about it. But no, I think it, I just came up with it. It was like, hey, let's do a podcast. They're free. And I and think like I figured, two weeks later, we recorded. Yeah, and then I'm like, figured it out. They're not free. Um, they actually do cost money and time and a lot of patience and gray hairs. But we, we didn't have an Ant-Man podcast episode, so this is our first one. Did you like the first Ant-Man? I really did. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. The movie just, like, it came out of nowhere for me. Because, like, it it really had a lot of production hell. Yeah. And I was really going into the thinking, this could be the first failed Marvel property. Because this was, this was from the jump. They When Fahey, it was Fahey, Edgar Wright, Favreau, and... Somebody else was sitting up front at the the San Diego Comic Con Hall H, and he said, "This is the skeleton of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to do Captain America. We're going to do Iron Man. We're going to do Ant Man." And at that point, Edgar Wright was attached to Ant Man, uh, where Simon Pegg absolutely could have been Scott Lang. Yeah. And then you know, you think about it. I remember you talking about this when Edgar Wright left. That was a, that was a big blow because that was like the first big director to walk away from Marvel, and you're like. Do you consider Edgar Wright a big director, or is he more of a cult guy? I think he's a cult guy because of like Shaun of the Dead, yeah. Hot Fuzz. Um, Did he do Baby Driver? Yes. Yeah. And there's rumors of Baby Driver two coming. Okay. Uh, I like Baby Driver. Baby Mama Driver. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd watch it. It would have like uh, Tiffany Haddish in it. I feel like she would be in that movie. But like he he wanted the, like this was a passion project for him. He approached Marvel back in 2003. Yeah, he was like in the jump. He was the like the one of the first guys signed on, and they they didn't think it was. I think Ant Man was going to come out in like 2013, and then they they start getting rights to everything. They're like, oh, Ant Man, fuck that little bug. We're going to put him in 2015. And I guess I guess he was working on. No, it wasn't Baby Driver. He had to be working on something, but he left, and in walks Peyton Reed, which could you know? Did you watch a lot of Peyton Reed movies before he had joined the the MCU? I've seen two. Which ones? Um, what is that cheerleading movie? Uh, Bring it on. Okay. And yes, man. All right. I liked yes, man. Um, Bring it on. Not really my. Uh, I liked that. My, my back in the day. Well, yeah, because you were a male cheerleader. We, we, yeah. It's cool. So you thought it was the whimsical, magical movie that it came out. Not Bring It On, Ant Man. <laughs> like you were, you were a fan of the the very first Ant Man. Yeah, like we seen it together. Uh, yeah, I saw it twice. And uh, I think we seen the. First, the first, your first showing together. Yes, yes. We seen it on a Friday night. Yeah, and then Saturday night I went and saw it with Tom, and he fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that was a lot of fun. I remember watching it, and we got out, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, you know, th- we talked about it. When I walk out of a movie, I have to. If I, that's when I realize if I like or I hate it. Yeah, um, I have to have an emotion about it. When I walked out of Ant Man, I was p- thoroughly p- pleased because Ant Man is a hero that I didn't want. Yeah. I didn't know I needed it though, because this kind of like shifted the the whole paradigm for for Marvel movies because of the tech and you know you you can you can see how Marvel can take somebody who's not really superhero material and turn him into superhero material yeah. with someone like Paul Rudd. When my first exposure to Paul Rudd, I think was Clueless. Yeah, I so, think that was a lot of people's. So and I didn't realize he was forty nine years old. He's, eight, he's yeah he's aged in phenomenal shape yeah, now because he's on the Marvel yeah. diet, but. I didn't know what I needed. When Ant-Man comes out, I'm like, oh, I hate ants. 
like this movie didn't really make me love ants either like <laughs> if i'll see like ants at work i'll just step on them like like i'm playing god like oh i can step on you because honestly i don't think ants serve a purpose to our society other than just being creepy and then you throw in now a sidekick is the wasp another bug i don't like i don't like wasps you know what the only purpose a wasp has in my mind they don't make honey i don't think they make honey but they kill caterpillars you ever watch a wasp kill a caterpillar? No, I haven't. So they have like their this is a little wasp talk. They have their pinchers on the front, their pincers, and they just kind of like scissor the caterpillar until they get to the head, and then they cut the head off and they carry the head in their pincers and they fly away. Saves a lot of plants. So they eat like those uh, gypsy moths and all that shit. And they, they they serve a little purpose, that's but they creepy. they sting like a bitch though. Yeah, I've got. Oh. That's the last time I got stung was by a wasp in the back of the neck. They well they sting and they bite, so there's like a lot going on with wasp. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're going to introduce the wasp. These are two bugs I don't like, but I I love the movie. Yeah, it was like I said, unexpected. Yeah. Um, just because like all the production hell, like they lost this Edgar Wright, and then they couldn't find a director. Yeah. And then they bring on Peyton Reed who. Was a he's another teen comedy. He's another Russo and yeah. James Gunn type pull for them, and yeah. Favreau for that matter. Yeah. So you know, and there was many people that was on the docket to take over, and actually Peyton Reed was on the short list to do Guardians. Yeah. So you know, I guess they went back to him, and it worked. Could you see Peyton like if Peyton Reed did Guardians? Do you think it would be as successful as what we got now? Probably not. I don't think so either. Because Vice versa with James Gunn and Ant-Man. If they switch places, I know James Gunn can write the hell out of a story, but Guardians, like, that really gives you, like, the... You can open... You can do whatever you the want. The whole world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whole Where, galaxy. Yeah. And Ant-Man, you know, it was very... San Francisco. Yeah. That's all you were just given, San Francisco. And Edgar Wright did get a co-writing credit, because he, he did write... Yes, yeah, he was in the, um, in the credits. Um, but, like... It just, and then when they casted Paul Rudd, I love Paul Rudd. Yeah, from Anchorman and Clueless, Clueless, and he's he's I a love great you, man. Like he's a, he's a great comedy actor. He's a great character comedy actor. And to but to bring him in the MCU, when they announced him, I was like, yeah, I like Paul Rudd. And Marvel, in my opinion, has not had a bad lead casting yet. Would you count Terrence Howard? Because he put on a suit, right? Well, no, he never put it on. His oh, yeah, I think Terrence Howard was their their only bad casting. Probably. Yeah, but we, like, we see how quickly they forget about Terrence Howard. Yeah, it was that was actually on FX last night. We were watching it. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, Terrence Howard. Can you I imagine? totally. I'm like, oh, I I, I like Don Cheadle. Yeah, I like Don Cheadle much better. I want him as Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah, but so like when they when Paul Rudd, it was like, and then after watching the movie. I was blown away. Yeah, Paul Rudd really um, dropped the world on his head and was like, "This, you know, I'm known for this, but this is what I'm going to be known for." Because Ant Man had to be light and fun. Yeah, you can't have a Iron Man, Captain America like story with Ant Man, because Ant Man's a little hokey. Well, you could if it were a Hank Pym movie. Yeah, if it were a Michael Douglas Ant Man, yes. If it's a Scott Lang, he's a prison, like he's a he's a felon. He's, you know, he's a he's like the scum of well, the earth. He's they, like as small as an ant. When they announced that, I wasn't real familiar with Scott Lang. I yeah. knew Hank Pym. Yeah. Well, Scott Lang, we know now, is the second Ant-Man, yeah. second person to put on the, the Ant-Man But I, I really like what they did with the story. Did you like what they did with the suit? 
because like the the helmet the the problem i have with the helmet is when he gets bigger it kind of looks like a mechanical pig head um <laughs> and then ant-man's helmet like the hank pym ant-man was more of like he had like a breathing apparatus yeah it was really weird like, it was like a, he was going underwater but like yeah like mufflers like contoured to the side of his cheeks yeah, he kind of to me looked like a uh, a 1960s space outfit yeah yeah really like, i mean it was it like was i'm go- i'm going like gi joe goes to space that's yeah. what ant-man was i mean because you could see you could see part of his face and he had yeah. like a breathing apparatus and this is a lot different it's a full-on helmet yeah i think it works I, I think it totally worked. And, you know, I, I would have liked it to have the pincers on the side. His <laughs> hands do have pincers. I think that would have been really cool. But do you remember when Paul Rudd was announced for the Monster Mania Con in Cherry Hill? Yeah. And how we freaked out because we're like, oh, my God. This is before we met uh, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian yeah. Stan. And before this would I met have been the, Renner and, and one of the first people. From the MCU, yeah, of course. And immediately he was canceled. Like, it was like, he's going, and now he's not can- He's not going. I did the math and like put the timeline around it. That's when they were getting ready to shoot Civil War. So it worked out. It wasn't like he was going to shoot like our idiot brother. Yeah. Or like, you know, um, what else? Wanderlust too. Yeah, well, God, that was such a bad movie. But like, it wasn't one of those things. So he got, he left us for a meeting um, to do Civil War. Eh, pretty good idea. Yeah. You leave, you probably get $100,000 to do a signing. At a Monster Mania Con in the Crown Plaza in Philadelphia, in uh, Cherry Hill, to do a billion-dollar movie, I think, <laughs> I think it works out perfectly. Where do you put Ant Man amongst the the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies? I don't think it's the best. Does it get top ten treatment? I think I think when we did the Avengers, I think it was in my top ten. Yeah, you figured there's what eighteen movies now. Yeah, Ant Man. I think it, I think it was like nine or ten for me. If I take the sequels away, it's top five. Yeah. Yeah, because it would probably be like Iron Man 1 was really good, Captain America, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Ant-Man. Oh, maybe not. Thor. No, I didn't like... The first Thor was good, but as just a standalone, I would probably have to move... I'm going to move Spider-Man Homecoming out because I've seen 17 (laughs) Spider-Mans, and I'll put Doctor Strange in. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's tough because Guardians was really good shit. I don't know. It's definitely... One of my favorites. It's top ten either way, with sequels included and not sequels yeah. included. Yeah. And it's just because I think it just it was a surprise to everybody. Well, you set a low bar for th- things like that. For that, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, these are things that you're like, okay, I know the name, I don't know much about them. Surprise me. Yeah. And they surprise you. And this was this was before Infinity War. This is all before Infinity War, before Ragnarok, before uh, Black Panther, before they started really producing billion dollar properties. So it was. I was. I loved it. I can watch Ant Man over and over again, mainly because of Michael Pena. Yeah. Like that's just like that was the one thing that really stuck out to me was the. I wasn't on board because it, I didn't like Ti. I wasn't. I was like, oh god, bring Ti. He's gonna make it all about him. He's gonna have a song, song aspect, and he's gonna sing. Yeah, man, it's a he musical. He wasn't bad. No, he was fine. And then they bring in Michael Pena, David uh, Desmalchen. Yeah, I love him. Everything. Yeah, which he's a great actor. Like he's just a scary. He's a dude. great uh, character. Character actor. Yeah, and I mean, he was on The Flash. I think he was in Gotham. Do you like Dwight? Um, which one was Dwight? The Baskin Robbins manager. I did not like Dwight. <laughs> I didn't. I liked the kid that was ordering from yeah. Baskin Robbins. I think Can he I was. Have a- 
a burger, uh, whatever is hot and fresh. Yeah, he's from uh, Son of Zorn, uh, which is now no longer. But uh, but the the one thing that really brought me in, I, I like Scott, or I'm sorry, like Paul Rudd. I'm gonna I call them like if I ever meet like Paul Rudd, knew. I'm gonna call him Scott. Hey, like Scott. what up, Scott? But remember when we met Herschel or we saw Herschel? I, I didn't call him Scott. I said, "What's up, Herschel?" Just sh- shouted him out. He knew. He knew where he stood with me. I the thing like Michael Douglas is good. This was post like getting uh, throat cancer from going down on Catherine Zeta Jones. Remember that? That was his whole thing. I went down on her and I got cancer. Do you remember that? Yeah. So it, it was post that. Then Paul Rudd, I like him, so I was happy. Michael Pena, hell yeah. Ti, I liked him in Roll Bounce. And then David Dallas Mesh, and I, he's all right. Evangeline Lilly is what really brought me yes. in. Yes. Uh, because she's a beast. I didn't watch Lost, but if I, I did, but I know. You told me how disappointed you were at the end. You had a watch party. I remember. I feel like if I did watch Lost, she would be the only reason why I watched Lost. Um, and I loved her in Lord of the Rings, the yeah. Hobbit series. And she hasn't done much. No, she's very picky with what she does. And what she does is huge. Yeah. Lost I mean, is one of the, like. Besides, what was that movie with Hugh Jackman? Um, Greatest Showman? No, something Steel. Oh, real steel. Yeah. Yeah, fighting. It was, um, uh, what was that? Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots yeah. Come to Life. That did well, though. I think it that got right. pretty good uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But, like, she doesn't do much. And you know what? I'm going to say a funny story that I've seen. When she was getting big and lost, she was on one of, like, Conan O'Brien or something. Yeah. And at the time, it was, like, the first or second season, before she made it big, she would do those late-night infomercials, like, if you're single, call it. Like, oh, wasn't she was on line. them? Yeah, it wasn't a sex line, but it was kind of like, like singles if you need, call. If you need company. Yeah, <laughs> and they played the commercial, and they were currently playing it while Lost was going on. That's awesome. And that like, is so awesome. She was she was so embarrassing. Like I think it was Conan O'Brien. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, they just thought it was funny because like she's this like up and coming star on this one of the at the time one of the best television shows yeah. on air, and. They she's were doing, still playing. She's doing like, if you need friends, call one eight hundred hot girls. Like, yeah, man. and um, it was uh, that was kind of funny. That but is very funny. No, she she was great in it. I think with Evangeline Lilly, number one, she's kind of like Lori from The Walking Dead, where you know her, like you yeah. know her face, but you if you don't know if you're not immersed in the in the film culture or the TV culture, you don't know her name. Because it doesn't really just roll off the tongue. Like, yeah. Laurie is Sarah Wayne Kelly's. Like, a lot of people don't, like, that doesn't just roll off the tongue. And then Evangeline Lilly. Yeah. You know, it's not like Emma Stone. Like, you know that. Yeah. But, like, for every Emma Stone, there's somebody that you should know about. And, like, I love Emma Stone, but I think Evangeline Lilly is somebody you should know because she she puts on a show, man. So, like, all right, it is what it is. And she seems like a great person. Yeah. In interviews and... it. It's great that she's in the MCU. Yeah. When they casted her, because that was after she was in uh, the Hobbit movies. Yeah. She was a beast. Well, yeah, Toriel, she made my top five archers. Yeah. She was a beast. Yeah. And so I was yeah, that, super excited. Yeah. I mean, she's a great actress. And she doesn't do a lot because she, she knows she doesn't have to do a lot. Yeah. She's a name that probably doesn't have to audition anymore. Just from Lost and Real Steel <laughs> from those movies. But we're getting a sequel, Chuck. It's yeah. coming out... Uh, Jeez, it'll be two days after this post. Or one day if you go to the Thursday night shows. What are you expecting from the sequel, Ant-Man and the Wasp? I want as much fun as the first one. It looks like we're getting that. And it, and it does. It's like, I don't I don't want a serious Ant-Man movie. But I, I also yeah. don't want a straight comedy. 
I don't think you can do a serious Ant Man movie. No. I want I want to have fun. I want to laugh. I want good action. I want to see new characters, which we are. Yeah. And Walton Goggins. The Goggs is coming back. But I I want the fun from the first one. Like I wanna be I'm I'm not going in like last one, like, oh, this could be awful. I think this is gonna be really good. So that aspect, the surprise me aspect is gone. Yeah. But I just I want them to capture what they did in the first one. I still want to surprise me. Like, yes, it's it's the fir- this is the first follow up to Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Like, so you definitely have to have that palate cleanser where it's not like doom and gloom. Spider Man's dead. Black Panther's dead. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen the two billion dollar movie, but this has to be the movie where it it's important that it it's lighthearted. It bridges your you know you're like oh god, is this such a a ship from where I was, you know what I mean? Like where all your favorite characters die and you cry and I cry. And then you go to Ant-Man where they're throwing Hello Kitty Pezzes at people and they're making them large. But it also has to connect you to Infinity War as well or to Avengers 4 because Captain Marvel set in the 90s. The only thing that's going to connect that is the end credit scene maybe. Um, I think that this is the most important movie going forward in the MCU to lead up to Avengers 4 because... We don't know where this lies in the timeline. No. We don't know if this is before, after, during Infinity War. We don't know if this is post-snap. Because if this is the snap, are these characters going, or during the snap, are these characters going to dissolve? Yeah. So it, it is something that I, I do want to surprise us. I know what we're going to get. We're going to get a funny, techie movie where things are going to get big, things are going to get small. And I like that. But from what we're seeing in the trailer and everything, like the action looks really good. Because like when... Evangeline Lilly's running on the knife. Yeah. When she's tiny and she's running on a knife, like you're like, oh, that's a really cool cut. And the way that they shoot, like the thing, thing about this, and it's kind of like we'll go back to the early, I think early '90s with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like what made that movie so good were the angles that they took to make everything look bigger, comparison to the actors. So by comparison of making the surroundings bigger and the people smaller. You're able to get better shots, better angles. It introduces to the world. So I feel like that's what Ant-Man and Wasp have done. Like you're running, they're throwing a salt shaker at you. That was cool. And then it, you see it grow and it hit the person. But like the knife scene and the car when they're driving under the car when they have the big, the small building in their in the car, mm-hmm. and then they make the van bigger and it blows up the other van. Like I feel like making everything smaller gives you more freedom because you can just make it look cooler. Yeah. So I feel like that's where we can go with the. That surprised me, but you said you wanted new characters, and we're getting new characters. Yes. Uh, one, all right, so Evangeline Lily is not a new character um, per se, but her persona, she's donning the Wasp, is a new character. Yes, we saw the suit at the end, and this Hope Van Dyme character first appeared in uh, A Next. I've never even heard of that no. uh, that comic. And number seven in April of 1999 as the supervillain Red Queen. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Red Queen. No, well, I was reading. I. I knew Wasp. Yeah, full disclosure, I'm not a huge Ant-Man fan, so I don't know much about yeah, their I agree. their co-parts, their villains, and stuff like that. But this this is the beauty of the MCU and Wikipedia. For that matter, it kind of introduces you to more of these characters. So um, Evangeline Lilly's character, Hope Van Dyne, was created by Don uh, Tom DeFalco, and she's part of the Revengers as the Red Queen. There's not much about her being the the Wasp. Because it's usually the next character, which is Janet Van Dyne, who's being played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. Huge pull. 
huge. Like, I could never, like, I thought she was done putting on the, the suit since Catwoman. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's another thing that, like, I'm just putting it together. So Marvel goes and gets Batman. Yep. And then they go and get Catwoman. Like, the best Catwoman to come out of any Batman movie, they go and get her. The best Batman, probably, to come out of every any Batman movie, they go and get. Like, it's crazy. Well, there's one more they need to get. Or Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is MODOK. I don't know. Like So, McFeely and the other guy who wrote um, Avengers Infinity War were on Kevin Smith's podcast. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about characters that they, they can never see in the, the MCU, but they would love to write for. And MODOK was that one. But it's like it's very hard to explain like a giant talking head in a floating chair in Avengers Infinity War. You know what I mean? Like just floating down the hallway or like in Winter Soldier instead of Zola, Modoc rolls around. It's like, hey, like, you know, I don't think Danny DeVito. I want I wanted Danny DeVito for like Pip the Troll. That would have been cool. But we got like uh, Petrie the Dwarf. Yeah. Which was fine. I think we just killed it is that part. But having Michelle Pfeiffer kind of raises the bar even more because now you have Michael Douglas. And Michelle Pfeiffer. Did and, you, and another character we're going to talk about next. Ma- Michael Douglas won it. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Of course he did. Yeah. Feed your wife. Yeah. Well, who would she have played as Janet? Yeah. Uh, well, that's kind of a cheap way out. Yeah. She Catherine Zeta-Jones, one, looks great still. Mm-hmm. She could have been a killer hella. Mm, think yeah. think about like uh, Entrapment, right? She was in that. Yeah. Where she was a beast in that. Like We haven't seen her do a lot of that. Uh, she was in Zorro. No, don't, don't worry about Zorro. But she's a great actress. Like, if Kate Blanchett said no to Hella, that would have been a great caveat. Put her in there. Nah. Nah, you don't. You didn't think Kate Blanchett was going to be a great Hella. Yes, I did. No, when you when they cast her, you're like, oh, is she gonna like really be Hella? And we got what we got. It's, I don't know. I Where just, would you have Catherine Zeta Jones in the MCU? Aunt May. Yeah, she uh, she got a yeah, but I don't know. Not as I like Michelle Pfeiffer, so yeah, I'm gonna. No, I'm I'm very happy Michelle Pfeiffer because we haven't seen her in a while. No, Dangerous, not, dangerous Minds. It's the last thing I saw I mean, her. I know she's done stuff, but nothing huge. What's the last thing that she did that you know of? Personally, I think it's Dangerous Minds. No, I think she. It was like a horror movie with Harrison Ford, like Beneath the Stairs or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I didn't watch that. Well, Lies Beneath. Yeah, and then White Oleander. White Ol- what? Yeah. That's racist. White no. Olander. Yeah. What the hell's that? It's a flower. When did that come out? I don't know, like 10 years ago? I don't fucking know. All right, well, she's back. I saw her in Dangerous Minds and um, Batman. So and that's Grease what, too. No, I didn't even watch that. But Janet Van Dyne uh, first appeared in Tales of Astonish, uh, number 44, in June 1963, and created by Stan and Jack, uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, Ernie Hart, and we know her powers, Chuck, but for yeah. some of our listeners, they may not know old school Wasp. Uh, she can manipulate size. She can fly. She has bioelectric energy blast, telepathic insect control, which we saw all of that minus the, the flight and I guess the energy blast from Scott Lang's Ant-Man. So, and they even touch on that in the in the trailer. Like, you gave her blasts yeah. and wings. like. And did you have the technology? You, oh, you didn't have oh, the you, technology to do that for me. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> and that's probably a good choice because I don't trust Scott Lang with energy blasts yeah. out of his uh, his arm. I'm not, and this is the thing about this movie is like they've casted well known people and then like some unwell known people, like some up and comers. But the next person, Goliath, aka yeah. Bill Foster, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Now, did he petition to get his ex wife on this too? Who's his ex wife? Um, the girl from Firefly. 
she played uh, oh, right. Gina. Shit. Yeah, Gina yeah. Saldana, we'll call her. <laughs> she, the, she, I didn't know that was. Yeah, story. they just got divorced. But so Goliath Bill Foster uh, appeared in Avengers number 32 in September 1966 as Black Goliath in Luke Cage, Power Man number 24, April 75. That's when he, like, so Bill Foster starts in Avengers. He didn't put on the suit to become a Goliath yeah. yet. Then he turns into Black Goliath, which was just an easy way to separate people, I guess, back in the in the 70s. So they put him in there. Then he becomes Giant Man in Marvel 2 and uh, 1 in number 55, September of 1973, or 79. And then he becomes regular Goliath. Yeah. Like, he dropped the black, kind of like what Mariah, Black Mariah did in, in Luke Cage. Um, he becomes Goliath in The Thing, number 1. 2006 January, yeah, and he's created by Don Heck and Stanley, two big names in the Marvel Marvel universe. Obviously, Stanley, Don Heck, uh, man, heck of an artist. Tell you that, <laughs> so I'm here all day. But he, um, the thing about Bill Foster, and we saw a little bit in this in the trailer, he's a brilliant, brilliant biochemist. He's gifted uh, as far as his intellect, superhuman strength, maybe durability and sturdiness. <laughs> maybe not no can't be sturdy if you're a big guy yeah i don't believe like i'm six five i'm not a sturdy lad like if you just take out my legs i'm bloop, plopped over and then he can size and mass manipulate so what do you think about goliath being part of the and how much goliath do we get like really i don't know if we say like do we just get the i was part of the goliath project i like the scene where they're sitting in his office yeah that's the scene and they're going off and he's like well, how big were you and he's like it was like 18 feet. Yeah, 18 feet or something. He was like, how big did you get? It was like 64 feet yeah. or something like that. And then and Evangeline was like, we're not going to compare size here. Yeah, well, when you're done comparing size yet. Yeah. Did you notice that in that scene, too, they brought back the, the classic Marvel disguise, the hat and sunglasses? <laughs> They're both wearing, like, plain baseball caps and sunglasses. Yeah. Like, that's their go-to. It's kind of like Superman with the glasses. That's Marvel's go-to disguise. We saw it in... Uh, Captain America, we see all the time. Like everybody's wearing those. Go back and watch the trailer. Uh, we're not going to play it on the podcast, but go back and watch it, and uh, you'll see it. You'll see it on there. But I'm I'm happy we get another uh, obscure character from the vault of Marvel. Yeah. Um, and Lawrence Fishburne is a great actor. Yeah. And you know he was in the DCEU. Yeah, Perry White. Perry White. And after Batman vs Superman, he's like, I don't want to do it. So he must have called Marvel. And be like, yo. DC sucks. Bring Do you me think over. he called Marvel or Marvel was like, man, they really screwed you over there, but you're killing it as Pigeon Man and John Wick. Maybe we should bring you into the Marvel film. And I like, think it. Yeah, when you get your hands on a Fishburne, mainly Lawrence, I, I don't know about his daughter who's doing other types of films, but if you can get your hands on a Fishburne, I would, I would definitely take Lawrence Fishburne. I oh, don't yeah. Get, you could fucking make him MODOK just, just to have a, the powerhouse of. And Lawrence Fishburne on there, it opens it up. I mean, he—he's done comic work. He was the voice of um, Silver Surfer. He's done a lot of things. Like that's the thing. Like he started. You're gonna say you go back to he was the voice of Silver Surfer. He was a cowboy in Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. Yeah, true. He goes back to like going back to comedy. You have to start with Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. You can't be like, oh, he did Fantastic Four back in oh two. I'm talking about comics. Yeah, but oh, I thought you meant like he's a comedian. No, I said comics. Well, didn't Pee Wee get a comic? They sold it at, like, Red Barn. Yeah. It was all, with, all the pages were stuck together. It was weird. I'm very happy with this. Now, yeah. Do you think we get a flashback like we did with Hope or with Janet and Hank 
with Goliath? Because I feel like we have to. I think it would be cool. Right? Just to see that. All right, spandex? Are we getting Are we getting the Goliath spandex? Probably not. Looking like Andre the Giant standing there? <laughs> he would have been a great Goliath. You wouldn't even have to use CGI if he were still alive. Yeah, but he's white. But there, one of the Goliaths was white. Okay. Yeah, not Bill Foster. Obviously, they called him Black Goliath to separate him, but I would have... Uh, I would like to see a little bit of the Goliath. Yeah. I feel oh, like no. you have to. I just I don't want to see him in an office. Oh, I feel like that's what we're gonna get. Just though. chilling. It's gonna be like it, yeah, I feel like that's what we're gonna get. But I would like to see a flashback. Marvel doesn't disappoint with flashbacks. No. And they know how to age people. We've seen it with uh Robert Downey Jr., we've seen it with uh, Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas, yeah. Was this the first time we saw the aging or was that Or de aging. Yeah, the de aging. Was this the first time? Uh yeah. I think I think because we didn't see it was Civil War when we seen um, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah, you're right. So um, this was the first one. Well, Michael Douglas came out and said he wants to do a Hank Pym origin movie with the whole de aging. Yeah, of course. Like that's the easy, that's the easiest money he's ever gonna make because they're just gonna have somebody in a green suit stand in for him and he's yeah. just gonna do vocals, which is fine. I like I like Michael Douglas. I've always liked him. So you have two. All right. So in our generation, do Michael Douglas. Lawrence Fishburne and Michelle Pfeiffer, do they go down as like the top 100 actors and actresses in his, in our generation? Uh, they probably crack top 50. But I'm just, I'm limiting it to 100, but like yeah. they, oh, hit, definitely. they hit those marks. Oh, definitely. Right? Like, you know, they were real big in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, for, for uh, that's why I'm saying for yeah, us. for like, our generation. Of course. New millennials and like kids. They I don't might think, not know. They definitely don't know. No. Uh, they'll know them from this now. Yeah. But they go back to watch But no, Catwoman. I think, mm. and I think it's huge to have these people in there because it's you know yes these are geared towards children but superhero movies people in their 30s and 40s and 50s have been waiting for movies like this yeah so to have these actors in these like oh i remember him in wall street yeah i remember her in greece too in back why do, why is greece to your go-to chuck for 30 40 50 year old men you remember her as Catwoman. Or Dangerous Minds. I remember her in Greece too. Oh my God, Chuck. And I remember him in John Wick. Or I remember him in The Silver Surfer. No, you don't remember him in The Silver Surfer. You remember him in Pee Wee's Playhouse. So they, they do. They they check their boxes. They say, all right, we need we need a hunk. This is what they do. We need a hunk. So we make the hunk. We need a hot chick. Check. We need a funny character. Check with Michael Pena. Now we need legends. And then we need up-and-comers. And, and up and comer, who's really taking the world by a storm right now, this is her year too, not as big as Josh Brolin's year, yeah. But she's been in a lot of movies, and she's a, I'm I'm a fan. You're a huge. I'm fan a huge of fan of Hannah John Common from the Killjoys. And if you haven't listened to our Killjoys episode on Galaxy Wars podcast, it's called The Hall and Have Eyes. I was like your second or third yeah, episode, and it was the first time we we ever met uh, Hannah John Common to the point that she plays two characters. And we were like, is that the same chick? Yeah. Because I didn't know anything about it. And I thought Sean Ashmore was in it. It was his brother. So she plays Ghost. Now, 100% full disclosure. Anything I know about Ghost comes from Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. And uh, what I'm going to read right now is directly from Wikipedia. So I apologize for the laziness. But Ghost first appeared in Iron Man number 219 in June of 1987. So she is 31 years old, Ghost. So she's my age. Um, She's created by uh, David Micheline. Ooh, that's a fun name. David Micheline, 
and Bob Layton, who is also the co-creator of uh, Exo Manowar from Ninjak Universe, which is awesome. Um, we don't know who the Hell Ghost is. They have she has no he has no alias because this is a gender bent character. Yeah. Um, comic affiliations include Roxon, which we're seeing a lot of Roxon now. Um, Aim, and the Thunderbolts, which she did you did you read that Hannah John comic came out and said that she wants a Thunderbolts movie with Ghost in it. Yeah. I'd watch the hell out of oh, that. Yeah. I would love that. And then here, this is what makes Ghost really cool. And I feel like we're really getting that. Um, just the persona of Ghost has uh, marksmanship. She's awesome at that. Inventor, tactician, hacker, superb inter- intellect is what uh, Wikipedia said. Superb. But then you give her the power suit. And she's invisible and she has uh, intangibility. What do you think about Ghost? And she also has got stealth technology. Which would be the... Oh, that's, oh wait, maybe I still more. Yeah, stealth technology is my third one. I had to scroll down. You're right. Um, Based on the suit... The she, design is really solid looking. It looks just like... Like, parts of it look like the comic counterpart. Now, yeah. the comic counterpart was more of a phantasm. Yeah. Where it was like just like floating around. But this is really cool. Like, I love this character. This is the one I'm really more intrigued about. Yeah, yeah. it's by far the most intriguing character that's going to be in this movie. And Hannah John Common, like like you said, she is up and coming. Like, I'm, I'm predicting that her role is bigger than she was in Tomb Raider. Yeah. It, much bigger than Tomb Raider and Ready Player One. Because yeah. she played Finale in Ready Player One. Yeah, Tomb Raider, she was in for... The like, boxing scene. Two minutes. The first fucking yeah. scene of the movie. And I was I was all bad. I like she was. I put her ahead of Walton Goggins on the call sheet for our Tomb Raider episode. Yeah. Like, oh, Hannah John Common, she's my favorite. I'm going to get her on the episode. And then Come I, on, Laura. Come on, Laura. Hit her. Boom, she's gone. I seen it in theaters before you did. Yeah. And Super you were like, how's Hannah John Common? I'm like, uh, not going to be in as much as you think. Yeah. And she, so disappointing. Literally, like, I seen her. She was, like, in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And I'm like, all right. And then, like, where'd she go? But, you know, that's the cool thing about seeing these, like, following these actors is you get to see the transition. Like, mm-hmm. she in one year, in three months, we see – or four months, I'm sorry. We see her as background character, assistant villain to um, – Sorrento. Uh, Sorrento, thank you. And now badass villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. which means cons. That's that's what I'm excited about. We're gonna see her at cons, yeah. And I want like I put her at top list for me to me. Really? Oh yeah. She's uh she's like bucket list now. I'm I mean, a big fan. But what's cool is too like we haven't had many female lead villains, one. and now she's our second one yeah. within a year. Like yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, you know, and what stinks is that and Chelsea and I were talking about this yesterday. Marvel still hasn't like they didn't. There's going to be one thing that they're always going to be behind DC with is doing a standalone female superhero movie. Yeah. The MCU, at least, because Elektra, I mean, that counts, but no, it doesn't. Yeah. They they kind of dropped the ball. And I feel like they could have turned, like, what separates the Ant-Man movie than just being a Wasp movie? You know what I mean? Why couldn't you have just included Wasp? Like, this is the Wasp movie, and then Ant-Man comes later. Yeah. I feel like you could have done it, but, you know, I get what they're doing. We'll, we'll see that, and we'll talk more about Wasp, uh, Wasp's future. Well, that, that's a tough one. Wasp's. We'll talk about the Wasp and her future later. But as far as Ghost goes, I feel like Ghost could be one of the most powerful villains in the MCU, yeah. given where she comes from. Like, she's from that alternate reality, like that tangential dimension. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's when Hank went in to look for Janet and let Ghost out. We've never seen a villain of this magnitude that can become invisible. 
and teleport through fucking cars. Like, we've never seen that. So, where do you, right now, where do you think Ghost is going to lie as far as Marvel villains? Right on the spot, Chuck. I don't know. There's so many. Well, where do you put Killmonger? Because I put Killmonger, like, top tier villains. Oh, I don't. No, no, because you don't like Michael B. Jordan. No, I just don't. Who was just in New Jersey, by the way, on Thursday. Was he? Yeah, he opened a club at the Hard Rock. I just don't think, like, I like Black Panther, and I thought Killmonger was good, but I don't think it was as good as everyone put it out to be. No, I think he sets up a different world for the Wakandans. So I think that's, when you look bigger picture, I think there's a lot that's going to go to play with, like, the, the Warhounds and all that stuff. So do you put, obviously Thanos is number one. Thanos yeah, Bay is probably. number one. Hella two? Probably. Red Skull three. Okay. So then we put Whiplash at the bottom. Oh, yeah. Whiplash and uh, the Mandarin. Yeah. Uh, anything from Iron Man 3 down there. Probably yeah. A lot of people would put Malekith at the bottom. Yeah. Do you put Ghost ahead of Cassilius uh, from Doctor Strange? Probably, just because she lo- I mean, I really like... Cassilius was good. Cassilius. Now, take away the, your love for Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Is Ghost going to be better than Cassilius? I think it could be. Better than Vulture? Yes. And I think it's definitely going to be better. Now, I liked um, Yellow Jacket. Uh, that was my next question. Is, I, I liked Corey Stahl. I really yeah, did. I feel like that's, this is when Marvel kind of shits the bed and kills their villains off early. Yeah. And we talk about it in all Yeah, He's never coming back. Oh, no. No. I don't like he just folded. Yeah, he went and he just yeah. I I think they're all dead. There was a there was a rumor. Uh, it just came out this week that said new details for spoiler villain. And I was like, no, thank you, ma'am. I'm not. I've clicking. seen a bunch of spoiler. Even when you were talking about uh, the rumor of the Avengers leaked. Yeah. Name. I just I keep scrolling. Like I don't yeah. even want to see it. Well, it's it was debunked. Okay. So you're welcome. Uh, but yeah, there's apparently a spoiler villain in this movie. Oh yeah, I don't want to see that. Yeah, neither do I. And like, we thought that the main villain going into this was going to be a character that we're going to talk about now, uh, Sonny Birch, yes. who drives a white and gold Escalade, and is uh, played by Walton Goggins. And Sonny Birch first appeared; uh, he's fairly new. He uh, appeared in Iron Man Volume Three, number is- uh, issue number seventy three, and then and that was in December. Uh, and then he only lasted five months. Chuck, um, his last appearance was. Seven issues later, uh, or five, no, sorry, a couple issues later with uh, issue number 77 in April, where he was killed in 2004. So, Sonny Birch, not the big villain. Um, he's created by John Jackson Miller, Jorge Lucas, Philip Tan, and he works for a company called Cross Technology. That's all we know. Yeah. I feel like that's all we're going to get. And that's he's not- Darren Cross from Ant-Man 1. Yeah. And... Um, He's a designer, a weapons designer, who was affiliated with Obadiah Stane. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to get that connection. I feel like we can. I, feel, I really feel like we can. And we, spe- speaking of, you know, tie-ins, we got the, I put, I put it together during Luke Cage, we got the tie-in between Luke Cage and Cloak and Dagger. O'Reilly, the cop in Cloak and Dagger, worked in Harlem. And now she and she talked about it in this latest episode yeah. that, where she's like, "Oh, it's not like Harlem." She worked in Harlem with Luke Cage, and now she's in Cloak and Dagger. So that's the connectivity between the TV. We didn't get anything. Well, we did get we did get a lot about the the incident. But what do you think about Sonny Birch and Walton Goggins? Two uh, movies for Walton Goggins this year. Yeah, and his show just got canceled too. Yeah. Six. 
And he was in Tomb Raider, and he was a villain in that, and he was good. Um, he's a great villain. Yeah, he is. And uh, he's just a great. He plays a great scumbag. Yeah. Like I remember him from The Shield and Justified. Like he just plays a like a very like he's never going to lose work because we always need we always need like a scumbag. And then bag he guy. pulls the turn when he played Venus in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Which yeah. my wife was had no idea that was him. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. She was we we watched Tomb Raider and she was like, he looks familiar. And I'm like, it's his teeth. And she goes, what do you mean? I was like, that's Venus. She was like, no way. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, no, that's him. So you were on board with... Yeah, oh, yeah. And, like, we don't know much about Sonny Birch. And I looked at and he looks nothing like... He's like a fat old man. Yeah. I'm glad we got Walton Goggins and not, like, Danny DeVito as Sonny Birch. I, re- <laughs> I really want Danny DeVito. I know. I know. You're petitioning for it. But when he was first casted, there was a rumor that he was going to be Taskmaster. Oh, well, no. That was my rumor. That was my, I created that rumor. Oh, okay. And um, it, I was on so many blog sites that it became a rumor. So, yeah. Because you, you've been wanting Taskmaster from... It makes sense. This yeah. this makes sense as a as a, as a movie universe where he belongs. But... Um, oh, well. We're not getting him. So, I don't think he's getting ta- Taskmaster. No, he's fucking Simon, Sonny Birch. Yeah, you know. I almost called him Simon Birch. Remember Simon, that movie? Simon Birch. All right. So, I feel like he's the... the the lackey who's going to bring in the big mystery spoiler villain, not Ghost. I think we're we're going to see just some fights between. Taskmaster. Yeah, no, it's not. That'd be great though. How much time do you think we're going to spend in the alternate dimension? I say maybe fifteen minutes total. That's what I was thinking. Fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, because they got to show the birth of Ghost. The birth of Ghost and how finding Janet. Yeah, how Janet got out. Yeah, finding. Like, that's Janet. the. That's what I think my biggest. How? Yeah. Like, biggest question is because... And we see her in the suit. Very quickly in the trailer, we see her in the suit. Because I'm sure we'll see flashbacks. Because the only thing we've seen of Janet in Ant-Man was the missile crisis. Yeah. And how um, she shrunk down and... Sub, yeah, she went sub, subatomic. Sub, yes, and went into the dimension. Yeah. and But we didn't see it was actually Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. It was just, you know, CGI and yeah, it was woman a, in a mask. It was a small ant person. Yeah. yeah. Wasp and, person, I'm sorry. And so I'm sure we're going to see ha- somehow how did she get out? Did, yeah. you know, was she released by Hannah and John Common? No. I, Ghost? I, well, if you listen to the story of Miguel from, uh, not, I think it's Miguel, right? That's who Michael Pena plays? Luis. Luis. You, you listen to Luis's story. He says, you went into the altered dimension and you let out, you messed up and you let out Ghost. And yeah. he's talking to Hank Pym. So Hank probably just let Ghost out and Janet out, just not knowing that Janet was out there. She could have been doing her whole Wasp thing in another state, and nobody knew about it. Yeah. So it it begs the question of how the hell does she get out? And we're going to have to see it. Yeah, I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time in it. No, I don't think so either. I do. I, there's a theory that, and we'll talk about this. We can jump to this now. There's a theory that there... Um, um, sorry. Hope and Scott are in the alternative dimension when Thanos snaps. And mm. that's how they don't dissolve. Because they're not, yeah. Yeah, like where do you think this lines up as far as the the um, the timeline of MCU? I don't know. I mean, because if it's before the Avengers, then the question is what happens after? Well, we know it's post-Civil War. Yeah. Because he's on house arrest. Yep. It was already, you know, Nat said it in infinity war that he's with his kid he doesn't want to do it so i feel like this is at the time of avengers and i feel like the snap happens and i have a 
have a weird thought of how it addresses the Infinity War, but we have to wait. That's my cliffhanger. Okay. We're gonna get to it. But so you think you think it's before Avengers: Infinity War? No, 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 no. Do you think it's during or after? I think it's after. Okay. You think it's after? I think it's during, and I like the theory that he's inside. They're both inside the alternate dimension. Maybe putting Ghost back, and then that happens, and uh, they come out, and there's a whole different world. What do you think of the trailers for so far? We've, I mean, I've talked about everything that I want to talk about as far as the Pez dispensers, assault, salt shaker, and all the the cool tech with Ghost. Is there anything that we missed? Um, I liked when he is large. Oh, uh, with that laugh. Well, no, I'm gonna get to that in a minute. Oh. But I liked him where he is kind of looks like he's on a skateboard with the truck, yeah, yeah. and he's just like going. And he flicks the Sunny Birch's um, yeah. like suitcase. And he's just going down, the, and he, you see the shot where people are in like a coffee shop, and just see him like rolling down the street on this flat. And they weren't even moved, they didn't even pay attention to it. They're so connected to their screens. That's why we need the screen slaver, yeah, from the Incredibles to come in and just say stop it. And then uh, the scene where he's in the water. Oh, and he's like. Oh, that's great. Like, Whoa. That was so good. And it was just like, I remember that seeing that in the first trailer, and I texted you, I was like, that was the best part of the whole trailer. It really was. And it just looks, the trailer looks amazing. And just Paul Rudd just being goofy. Yeah. Like, the, you get him in a sound booth, and he can just make that noise. Yeah. It's it's perfect. And it does, like, the trailer looks great. It looks like we're getting more action than we got in the first one. Because yeah. the first one was setting a lot up. We didn't see a whole lot of action until the end. It was kind of like a heist movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, it, it just looks great. Yeah, it does look really good. Uh, I'm a fan of it. But the, the one another question that we have, because this movie does have a lot of questions, will Ghost suffer the same fate as our Marvel villains? Think we, do you think we see her? We see her die? Yeah. I do too, which sucks. I would like Ghost to get redeemed post-Infinity War snap. They come out, the whole world's dissolving, and she turns into the anti-hero that she truly was, joins the Thunderbolts. We get a Thunderbolt movie. Keep her around. That'd be great. I don't think it's happening. I, listen, you're killing off a bunch of characters, and who knows if they're going to return. It's, what better way to start introducing more characters? See, the whole thing is like, we always talk about how the Marvel syndrome with they kill their villains. Yeah. Have them in one movie. And now they killed their heroes. Yeah. They're yeah. killing everybody. And I I hate it, but I do get it because like you can't have all these villains stockpiled and like, oh, were they oh, they're in Seagate. You know what I mean? Like you, you could. Just... You could. Ghost could go back to the alternate dimension. Dermammu, we don't know she's he's in the alternate dimension. Cassilius may be there. I feel like that it sets up the the world that you have a universe. Not everything needs to be cohesive to, you know, Yellow Jacket solely belongs to Ant-Man. Why can't Yellow Jacket show up in Cloak and Dagger? Like, Corey Stahl's not a legit movie star. He's done TV. You can bring him in there. Why can't Casillas show up in yeah. uh, in Iron Fist? You know, they're not solely tied to these movies. And I feel like if you do stockpile them, you don't have to explain where they're at. They just pop up. You don't have to have a story like, previously in Ant-Man, 13 years later... Yellow Jacket disappeared, and he was in the Himalayan mountains, and he was milking cows and goats and farming bees. Like, no, it wasn't what he was doing, you know? Just let them do their thing, and they come back. I feel like it's a comic book movie. You have a guy who has a suit, another guy who turns into a green man, green monster, a talking raccoon. Why can't the villains stay alive? Yeah. You, know, you see what they did with uh, Red Skull? They put him on another planet. We talked about him for like 15 years. Like, where the hell is Red Skull? 
and then we find him. We could do the same thing. Why can't they just get rid of him and create other villains, bring him in and not kill him? Yeah. Right? They're, they're talking about um, Michael B. Jordan might not be dead. And they might bring Killmonger back. Well, I'd, be, I'd be for it. I don't care. I liked him. Do you think this talks about the Infinity War? This is the, the we're at the cliff and we're still hanging on. I'm going to bring us up. Do you think they talk about the Infinity War? And if they do, how do they address it? I think they have to talk about it because I think a lot of people are going to see that for that reason. Yeah. Now, Ant-Man's great and I think it's going to be a great movie. People are going to see it because it has but that Marvel stamp going, on it. Yeah. And people are going to go, what the fuck happened? Because as soon as Infinity War happened, everyone was left. Yeah. In shock and disbelief and, you know, what happened? And this is the last one. This is the first movie since then where people are going to go, I hope there's a tie to yeah. what happened. I think there is 100% a tie. And I'm probably going to be, I get a lot of things wrong. We get a lot of things wrong. That's the, the beauty and the, cur- the gift and the curse of as far as doing previews. I think they go subatomic. They try to return Ghost. It doesn't work. They all come out and people start disappearing. Hank, uh, Janet, Goliath, the old superheroes, they, they become dust. They're gone. I can also see like Bobby Cannavale yeah. drifting away and not Cassie. I don't think Cassie's going to die because I feel like her future is going to be like she's going to lead like the young Avengers. Like she's going to become the, I can't, I think, can't remember what they call her character, but she becomes a superhero. Um, but like I can see Cannavale, T.I., David Dalmatian. I see them all disappearing not too. Not Luis. I feel like Louise would have to. How about Dwight? Dwight's gone. He's he's dead. Um, I feel like Louise would be disappearing telling a story. Like, that would be your yeah. secret scene. Like, he's telling a story to, I don't know, the next person to come in. Like, maybe he's talking to Captain Marvel. Yeah. Be like, hey, you know, she's looking to recruit Avengers now. She got the page. Maybe she was in San Francisco the whole time. And she finds, meets up with Louise because apparently he's the go-to snitch for all the superheroes. And he's like, so this is what happened, you know? Ant-Man goes subatomic, the wasp comes in, there's a ghost, I stole stuff from Hank, everybody's going in, and then, boom, he starts disappearing. I That would be the first time I'd cry in a Marvel movie. If, Louis, if Michael Pena's character disappeared yeah. mid-story? Oh, that would be great, though. I feel like that's what would happen, and now Scott and Hope would have to focus on becoming Avengers. Yeah. Like, they're not Avengers yet. No. So they have to, I mean, Hope doesn't even exist to them. He, Scott is uh, a fugitive. He's on house arrest in this movie. So I feel like this would be the, the ushering into the new Avengers. Bring them in, and then you go on. The I, if I wrote it, that's how I would do it. Um, do you think that this movie, another question, do you think this movie is more of a Wasp movie than an Ant-Man movie? I don't know. Because I say yes. And I think it's a Wasp movie because they're focusing on A-Force, and that's going to be the future. All the female heroes joining up in A-Force. And I mean, I... I kind of feel bad that it's kind of called Ant-Man and Wasp. And I like Wasp, but how you were saying, like, she should have got her own movie. Because this is the first time that actually a hero is sharing the spotlight with someone else. Yeah. Because you've never seen, like, Captain America and... And Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. Or you don't see Iron Man and um, War Machine. Yeah. And, it's, and I'm so ecstatic that Wasp is getting her spotlight. But... I don't know. I was kind of. I feel like this is more of a Wasp movie, one hundred percent. It's kind of like what probably. I. It's kind of like what I was hoping Solo would be, more of a Lando movie, less of a Solo movie. Yeah. I think this is going to be more of a Wasp movie because we know Ant Man. This is going to be the character build. This is the origin of the Wasp, 
and this is the test period. If Wasp translates well and she sells a lot of toys and a lot of merch, then maybe they don't move into a sequel with Ant-Man and they just go into a Wasp solo movie. Uh, so my question is, does it go to a sequel or is the next chapter just a Wasp solo movie? Does this get trilogy treatment? I think it does. Okay. I, I think it really does because it seems like all the movies are successful, get a trilogy treatment. And yeah. I, th- I think it, Ant-Man deserves it. Yeah, because I mean in a world where a movie about a pers- an ant person can turn make $700 million, uh, that's successful. Yeah. So I feel like if if I were to write it, I would write the trilogy treatment. Then I would move on from Ant-Man and maybe have Cassie take over and become like it, the Wasps' sidekick and move that into uh, A-Force. But if I were to write the third, the final chapter, the Ragnarok of Ant-Man, I would make it a rescue movie where Cassie gets kidnapped. Focus on her now. She gets kidnapped. Uh, by a lesser supervillain. Let's talk like Crossfire, the Machine Smith, like in the comics, this happens. Uh, and then a bigger villain is at like is paying for it. Maybe like AIM. Yeah. Bring Justin Hammer back in. Mm-hmm. AIM takes over. Now you've established that the the MCU can exist with at like the ground level MCU or Rocks on for that matter. The ground level of MCU can exist without Hydra. So now you bring on someone like AIM, and that sets up the ground level Phase Four where the cosmic level is now going to be with the Eternals and Galactus or whatever they want to do up top. Up top. So that's how I would do it. So would you watch that movie? Oh, yeah. Yes. You, you are very good at coming up with... Thanks. I should write these movies. Yeah, you should. I should... Um, Kevin Feige. Get, get to me. I know you listen. I know you're listening <laughs> to Kevin Feige. But that, you know, that's where I think we're going to go with it. Um, would you want it to go a different way in, in a trilogy movie? I've... Taskmaster? Well, I love Taskmaster. Um, I've actually looked up some storylines from the comics yeah. that I thought would be really cool. One that would be amazing, but would never ever happen. Um, Old Man Ant Man. No, it's uh, called The Man Who Would Be Hulk slash The Hero Within. Okay. And it's um, essentially Tony Stark is trying an attempt to finally cure Bruce Banner. Yeah. And the plane backfires, leaving Banner trapped in a Hulk permanently. Yeah. And Iron Man is able to subdue Hulk. Uh, to but he can't undo the damage, and what happens is Iron Man is dying, and Ant Man is kind of a uh, fantastic voyage goes inside of oh he magic school busts it yeah okay and um it's it's a perfect fun yeah movie that I think we would need to see I don't think it would ever happen but wait that's a fun movie where Tony Stark's dying yeah oh, but like he's a fantastic already, oh, voyage he's already dead next step next uh next Avengers so um. But the thing, the one you brought up, Taskmaster, there is a storyline called Assault on a Mine Cage. Yeah, I'm, a, slash I'm, I'm aware of that. The Terrible Toll of Taskmaster. Yeah, I'm aware of that one. And um, that would bring him in, and it's kind of a Taskmaster's training ground for supervillains. Yeah. And uh, it would be amazing. See, if we're going to go with that storyline, I would actually like that storyline to be more Avenger style. Taskmaster's training supervillains. And it's like... You have the new version of the Avengers, like Scarlet Witch, Vision, all those, whoever whoever survives. And Taskmaster's just sending armies of like B-level villains, and they're fighting them to get to Taskmaster. That would be dope. Well, that's the thing. It's, you know, that could be it's good not a- an Ant-Man and Wasp movie. It would be an Avengers in the whole. I mean, that could be a really good A-Force movie, too. Yeah. That would be a great one. I mean, Taskmaster can't stand anything. Most of these villains aren't going to be able to withstand Captain Marvel, uh, which is kind of like the their MacGuffin. Like, you have Captain Marvel, like, she can kill everything. She can move fucking planets. She can kill everything. But 
I feel like Taskmaster would be a good Avengers villain. But I don't know. I feel like our listeners should let us know yeah. uh, in all the plugs and everything. But we'll do later. But we're approaching an hour. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, The Incredibles. Incredibles 2, uh, not The Incredibles 2. We already know that that caused riots. Uh, spoiler free. Let's do save spoiler uh, spoiler uh, reviews for my other podcast and we're not double dipping. What did you think? Just like keep it short. Like what do, you, what do you think about the movie? I loved it. I liked it better than the first one. Yeah. Um, I thought it dove more into the lives of the superheroes, exactly what we talked about on our episode the past few um Yeah, yeah. We did we did again. pretty good with our, our preview uh, of this movie. You ca- definitely called the villain. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie and experienced the migraine, apparently they're putting out all these signs that like yeah. this movie induces migraines and seizures, which is crazy. I saw it alone um, and I didn't have a seizure. But if you haven't seen the movie, go back and listen to our episode and then stop at the villain part because Chuck nails it, and which was a great pull. And it happened. I was like, God damn it. Chuck yeah. got something right. As soon right. as it happened. Put I, that on the whiteboard. Well, it was funny. We were walking out and I was gloating to my wife. Yeah, it was the first thing you got right on the podcast ever. Yeah. So that's great. And I said something to her, and she's like, well, I didn't hear you say that. I said, well, listen to the Active Geek podcast, yeah. and you would know. But um, That's grounds for divorce. She doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> but, but um, no, I, I think it was a great movie. Uh, introduced new heroes. Yeah. New Vo- villains. Void was dope. Void was really cool. Brick was my favorite. <laughs> um, I like Reflux. Yeah. Because that's essentially who you are. Yeah. Um, Not, what was the owl? The owl was really cool. I like that one. Screech. Screech. Yeah, I like love Screech. That was yeah. a fun, fun character. But Very. the whole movie was in a whole. We seen a lot of Jack Jack. Yeah, it was the main Jack Jack movie. With yeah. that's who we talked. Didn't I say he was going to save the day? Yeah, kind of saved the day, right? Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> but it it was a great movie. Yeah. It was fun. Um, you know, it took fourteen years for it to come out, and I think it was worth the wait. A lot of people, um, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said. So I'm not going to talk much about it because. Uh, a lot of people are saying that it was not as good as the first one. It was a very lackluster sequel and that it suffered from sequel syndrome. And I don't think, I don't see it that way. I liked what they did with it. Um, I like that they, they flip-flopped and made Elastigirl the, the lead and they showed the toll it took on on Mr. Incredible, but it also showed uh, that under great stress you can, you know, it's kind of like the Phoenix. Mr. Incredible was dissolving. Like he, yeah. he was losing his kids. He was losing his wife. He was losing his sanity. And he, he like a phoenix, he rose from the ashes. And, you know, I like the twist with the screenslaver and how there were, like, some crazy fight scenes. It really sh- showcased the kids. And I thought that was cool. That made it more uh, relatable to the young audience, not the 35-year-old men that want to go and see it. Uh, that get excited and talk hour-long podcast about it. But um, I, I put it ahead of the first one. Yeah. Um, not by a lot, but I do. I do put it ahead, ahead of it. It gets two thumbs up from me. Yeah, definitely two thumbs up from me. Perfect, because that's what we're going to wear the thumb guys now. Yeah. It gets uh, it gets four active geek stars from me. Yeah. So there we go. We're going to give it the the AG awards. Maybe it'll be part of our AG Oscars next year. I'm sure it will be. Well, we got the AG Emmys coming up in uh, September, which I'm very very we're excited for. That? Oh hell yeah, we're doing it. We're going to showcase TV. Of course yeah. we are. We we're TV pod based podcast. But that was uh, our incredible review yes. of, the, of the Incredibles two. Um, preview of ant-man and wasp and i hope uh people are going to go see it we're usually uh, right about the a week before so binge our episode go see the movie the next day tomorrow go and see it and let us know in all of our social medias what you think about it facebook active geek 
Instagram, The Active Geek, Twitter, Active Geek underscore, SoundCloud, Google Play, all the other podcasts, you can uh, podcast directories, you can find us, The Active Geek Podcast. And then you can find Chuckles on the Instagrams under Chuck underscore Active Geek. He hasn't posted in a while, but he will post. He'll continue to post. Yeah. Uh, I'm on there, Jim DeLulo. And then you can find me on the Galaxy Wars podcast. We just did an episode uh, with um, John Lehman, the creator of Chew. He worked for DC, Marvel. He's currently working at Image. He's done Aftershock, Dynamite stuff. Um, so definitely go back and listen to that. It's about 40 minutes. It was a 100% of an awesome interview. We got a lot. Our live show is posted now, so you can go check that out where we, uh, we talked Masters of the Universe, which was a lot of fun. And then for any more information about our podcast, uh, the Active Geek Podcast, or anything under the Active Geek Production banner, you can go to uh, activegeekproductions.com and uh, check it out there. There's a blog with a couple of posts there and awesome fun stuff. I get to know how our podcast became a podcast. So for the Active Geek Podcast, I'm Jim. I'm Chuck. And we will be back next week when we talk Mission Impossible. See ya.